0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Bro Beats World, uh, a um, Bro Beats World fancast. guest. What is Bro Beats World? <laughs> uh, I'm Siege, and I'm TC, and uh, yeah, th- thanks for joining us again. Uh, TC, I have to say, this was such a joy it literally brought a joy to my day watching this episode this episode on the fence well yeah like not only like just just getting back into it i tell you like i had like a really long day and like to just go back to something that was so wholesome and so like just not the world i'm currently living in it was like a good it was funny it was what i needed like yeah, there's you know I have to say that now that we're we're past the pilot and we're getting into this first season, I am really relearning what this first season of the show was. Like it's so completely different than the rest of the show. Not bad in any way, just so different. You know you're you're, you're very angry. So, I mean, I think seeing what it started off being, and you're right, revisiting the first season is good because you see. The foundation you see the blueprint of what they wanted to do and i i really am enjoying it yeah um no again it's nothing that's like drastically different i mean the characters are still mostly the same with the exception of eric obviously um But just the focus tends to be much more on the family as a whole versus Corey's individual problems or his friends problems, um, issues with him in school, which tends to take up a majority of the story. Um, This one tends to this one actually focuses on him and his dad, um, which is great. I don't feel like we get a lot of father son episodes later on. So that's 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 great to see Alan in the mix because he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's actually uh, really good. Which brings us to our segment, Tell Me About It, where I read the Hulu description of the episode and uh, TC comments on it. So I do want to say the the Hulu description of this episode is Corey paints shutters to repay his father. Um, And what did you think about that? Uh... (laughs) Is that accurate? No, it completely misses the mark. I I read. Yeah, I like that's right. This is so misleading. It's it's like someone skimmed over this. I feel like someone just fast forwarded through it uh, without even the sound on. it. It was like ah, this is what it's probably about. I would probably do like um, like Corey learns what it means to be an adult when he gets his first. Job, or I don't know, something like that, but something more playing on the whole idea of him being a kid and wanting a job, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I have to say, I looked into it and I, or I just thought about it and I was like, All right, last week we dealt with love, this week we're dealing with finances. This it was swinging for the fences when it came for like, uh, um, yeah, season this show and so. And some of the ways that they discuss, like, being an adult and what that means as far as your money is so accurate. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, uh, we hit some real world. Uh, yeah, I guess you accept this All right. So, um, we we open up in the cafeteria and we have a new third Right away, we have a new third chair kid. Right hey, off dude. The back. Third seat kid. A black third seat kid. A black third seat. That's how I refer to him in my notes. as a human hand with a third seat kid. As well. Thir-Z-Kid. Black third seat kid. <laughs> um, he's... Yeah, so right off the bat, we've immediately recast that the other third seat kid he's gone um and the episode opens with them talking about superheroes as their parents yes they do it's like which superhero would you want for your parent and black's third seat kid says my answer which is batman which i absolutely because they wanted to do the whole batman and robin thing yeah batman Let's. and robin Corey says he was like oh I'd like to have Superman for a dad and Sean's like no he could see through walls you wouldn't get away with anything but Corey just kind of really settles on that no no I really like Superman as my dad and then uh, we are introduced to Stuart Minkus. Okay so before we get to Minkus I want to say a a few things. One which superhero would you want as your dad? As I said, that was my answer, and I really, really enjoyed it uh, because I love how into these conversation the kids get. Uh, it's sure. like it's like Reddit forums before Reddit. Like this is yeah yeah yeah. They have like logical reasons behind their answers, and I think that that is awesome. Uh, also, I wanted to say, what would your answer have been? Like, like who? I mean, like of course you know how it how it plays out, but. If I could choose a superhero as a father, ooh, um, I mean, probably, they're probably all pretty bad dads, I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> Maybe Iron Man, just for yeah. finances. Like, I feel like he just let me buy stuff. You know what? I'm not going to lie. That's another thing that I thought of. I was like, there. this shows you kind of like how 90s-centric we are because it's Batman. Like, DC Universe is who they bring up, and Marvel's not that big, whereas now I feel like the conversation Would completely lean toward Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like there's there are points in the uh, the series where they're like talking about like X Men comic books and things like that. But you're you're right. I mean, in the '90s, we're just coming off of Tim Burton's Batman movies. This is a DC decade. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so and then as you said, we are introduced to Minkus. Who are Minkus? Oh my gosh, this guy. He, this kid immediately breathes in a a, a freshness into the show. He um, is so instantly funny and charming. And I just, I, I love seeing him on camera. Well, yeah, Minkus, like, I, I made note of this, but Minkus is a fully realized character. Like he is developed in this scene and he's developed in this. More so than the other characters, like more so than Shawnee. Yeah. More so than Dirty Kid. I mean, which is why he's gone, but like, <laughs> yeah like third seat kid doesn't have the same just gravitas that minkus does like he doesn't have it just you know it just feels like minkus is like they know what they wanted to do with that character clearly third seat kid is just meant to be just kind of like this nameless like other friend of Corey's. um but minkus has like a trope he has you know he's involved in the classroom discussions he's involved in the water war he's just he's in the mix you know Exactly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that water war, did you have this growing up by are way? way too no. We will talk about the water war. <laughs> but what brings us to Minkus is, in fact, the fact that they, uh, Thirsty Kid. Oh, uh, no, is it Thirsty Kid or is it Sean? Someone antagonizes Minkus. No, yeah. Sean's Shawn, like, hey, check out Minkus. And, uh, I. What is he doing that they're making fun of him? They knew something. Uh, they attacked Mika, and he goes, I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's something with water. And I only know this because I remember when he. Oh, I think they're like. They, do they, like, throw, like, a fry at him or something? And then he pulls. He's like, Oh, I have a. Oh, no. Sean squirts him with the water gun. Yeah, and that's what he pulls out his water gun. Exactly. And then that's when Mika goes, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And he pulls up his trombone, which, of course, he played the trombone. Like, he. Yeah, was it wasn't a trombone? It looks massive. It's a trombone case, like case, yeah, yeah, trombone, case, trombone yeah. case. Yeah, he pulls that case out, and then he pulls out the two hundred x hydro saturator. <laughs> uh, what is the actual point in carrying around a trombone case filled with a water gun at school? Well, again, what it looks like is everyone there's a an upcoming water war that everyone in the school is aware of and you can see this because then third seat black third seat kid pulls out his hydro sat 3000z which again i i loved because everyone in this universe has prepared for uh this upcoming water keep in mind they all have their water guns on them at school this water war is at least two days away yeah well well, i love it's it's a funny name because corey goes like, they're all comparing their their gun sizes, literally. And yeah. um, they're, they're comparing their gun sizes. And Corey says, you can get a well-placed water balloon. will give you just as much splash for your cash. Yeah, he's trying to fill up the water balloon in the water fountain. And then he turns around. Everyone has their gun out. They squirt him until he's soaking wet. Exactly. He goes, like, everyone will have a water gun. And he turns around and everyone in the cafeteria, every child in the cafeteria, has one and it's hilarious they all attack him this is literally peer pressure like peer water pressure it's it's yeah a fantastic little moment and he's he's so and then uh mr feeney comes in and he sees Corey. Wait, wait he so when when feeney walks in what i love about this and i that kids immediately go silent they put the guns away and yeah it's every everything it was just a water war and it immediately stops with. it's the the kid code which i love that they allude to this but like cory is soaking wet and he doesn't even ride on anyone he's no no he he just tries to play it cool again everyone in this world is in on it they're like look you know if we're gonna if we're gonna make it to this water war you know, it's got to be a Fight Club Kyber You don't talk about it with adults. And then Mr. Feeney goes up to the water fountain and he takes a sip and he looks at Corey and says, uh, the water fountain's not a, uh, a toy, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it just kind of ends with, it was Corey soaking wet. And this kind of sets up our premise of the upcoming water war. Which again, you have to say that's, this episode could have been like water wars. I don't know. It's yeah the description the description is off it's way off so and then we do our theme song i will say we didn't mention this before and i don't know if you know a lot about this but uh in the theme song for the first time i noticed april kelly's name and i always associate boy meets world with michael jacobs uh but who's this april kelly do you know anything about that April Kelly, I believe producer, right? She's 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 the writer producer. It's co um, uh, co-producer, yeah. A- co producer, yeah, and executive producer. And I just didn't know what the story was because, again, I know Michael Jacobs. Like I am f- completely familiar sure. with his story in Born meets World, but this is I noticed April Kelly's name and I was like, oh, well wikipedia says that april kelly co-created boy meets world so that's something that i'm finding out because i thought this was just michael jacobs thing exactly so i wanted to give her a due because i feel like yeah you know what april all kelly congratulations for contributing to this amazing show and the rest of your filmography is also beautiful so good for you yeah yeah there you go all right so we open up on the scene at home um, yeah okay. and alan- uh, we see alan coming home Alan comes home and the toilet needs fixing. Uh, and that Alan immediately comes home. Amy's like, look, you got to fix this. You got to fix that. Uh, and, and he immediately does it. He doesn't think twice about it. He doesn't complain. He just goes, all right, I'm on it. grabs his tools and heads upstairs to to fix it. He He's not at any point, you don't see him being bitter or upset that he has these responsibilities of being a father. He's got a tinge of like that adult, okay you know it's just like a, a deep sure yeah like like almost like laughing at it though but it doesn't seem like he's actually like he doesn't mind being a dad yeah, yeah. No, i don't get that vibe from him yeah um and so immediately cory enters the room and he's complimenting his mom and saying all these guys saying hey, we well he sees see- he sees i'm sorry before he does before we get there alan goes upstairs to fix the 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 bathroom and Corey tries to stop him and he's like no i don't have any time and Corey's actually complaining he's like oh you just got home from work and you're all you're already moving on to your next thing <laughs> complaining about it yeah, um, yeah not understanding that he's helping Corey. well yeah of course because as a kid and like i think mean, it's important to note that as a kid that's exactly what you would do you don't understand the gravitas of like the bathroom needing to be fixed <laughs> well I think, too, it's just it goes towards Corey's arc in this episode that his dad is doing something immediately after work for the family and Corey doesn't appreciate it at this point in the episode later on in the episode he grows to appreciate the work his dad does exactly uh freddy foreshadowing but anyway like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so anyway he uh amy immediately knows something's up with Corey, and uh eric calls him out he's like it's it's uncanny isn't it he's like do all women have antennas hidden somewhere on their bodies oh that's a great joke you yeah. Yeah, and Eric's <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. None of them will let me look. And I, <laughs> I wrote that joke about too. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid, when it's funny. Uh, and it, again, it plays into who Eric. Is. All the this whole episode was real jokey, just real. Like, aren't I a kid? And aren't I cute? Saying the things I'm saying, cutesy. Exactly. Of course. Um, Corey's game is spoiled by Morgan's constant asking him why, because Corey is. It up and well, Corey tries to convince, uh, yeah, he tries to convince Amy that they need a water gun in the house just in case there's a fire. Uh, and Morgan's asking all these questions, why, why, why? Um, but honestly, I what, is, what does Amy eventually say? I don't remember what her response was. No, so, what it is, it's like, she's oh, she finds out how much it is. hell? um, so what happens though is that. Corey is trying to convince uh, Amy that he needs a water gun in order, you know, to save and protect the house. And he pulls out this catalog for a water gun because, in, in fact, she's just entertaining him. She knows that he completely wants something. Well, at first she says, like, she's like, oh I'll get you a water gun sure like she doesn't think anything of it when she thinks it's probably like a $12 squirt gun but hey, what? until he whipped up this catalog that had yes. this $49.99 <laughs> plus tax price yeah but, Which he's like no yeah she's like $50 which again I have to admit for a kid you're like $50 that's nothing and as an adult I was like yeah dude I ain't got $50 <laughs> no not for a water gun no, bruh. <laughs> Dude, barely for, like, I don't know, a, a concert or anything. Like, something, I mean, it's like they would do the same recreational things. But, like, $50 is a lot. And I don't Like, we to. can get you a water gun and then return it when you're done. Oh, yeah, I see. We, but they didn't, I mean, they're trying to sell wholesome fun. They, they're not really trying to teach us how to cheat the system, which is totally what we would do. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what we did, bruh. But, uh, anyway, so uh and Corey even goes you and dad spend more of that on food and and i love that that little uh as you said it was a joke but it's also an understanding of like how money works yeah yeah Corey's definitely um has a very naive approach towards money at the beginning of the episode and i think that he again ben savage is just so great he does a great job of just selling us on all of this that may have seemed A little too silly and cutesy with another child actor. So what I really like about this is we are getting hints of the family's financial position right now. They are middle class, but they are like not extravagant. They're not like the typical middle class TV family that I see uh, or that I'm used to seeing on television. Because you have Alan fixing the bathroom. See, you know, it's like $50 is a lot. We're literally going into the the cost of being uh, a family with three kids and that's not something you see very often yeah and also amy doesn't work yet no actually yeah i don't think she does i don't think i think there's just one salary yeah i think i yeah because i think she's home with morgan i yeah. feel like whenever we see her she's home with morgan that's so point. um yeah it's really just a uh a alan at the, his, in his grocery store gig yeah and it's a 50 dollar toy is expensive and again i think of shows like modern family or oh my gosh the houses on mother family are absurd yeah i mean compared to this anyone owning a house now is just a, a fable to me yeah <laughs> but i mean like the houses that they have and usually like any couple um who's not in a in an apartment and even if they are in an apartment the idea of like a 50 toy is not really seen as extravagant. A- well, what they what they say is exactly what my parents would have said, which is it's kind of expensive, maybe for Christmas, Corey. Yeah, and he, he makes that joke about how like oh I'll be that kid spe- uh, spreading pneumonia around the <laughs> temple with my water gun. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, but my path when you would get something like that expensive, you would would have to wait till Christmas. But yeah, what I'm saying is for me, usually on television, an expensive toy is like. Uh, a playstation or like you know it's something that's like oh i see what you mean yeah even yeah. we would consider it expensive but they do have three kids and fifty dollars i have mean, three kids and a house and like all this other stuff well is a lot eric does have his own job that's which i learn that we learn well in the next scene Corey goes up and he's like uh if they can't afford to buy toys for their three kids why did they have them? Uh, <laughs> And then we find Eric laying on his bed playing with a '90s Apple Watch. Yeah, it's like, it's like that whole—I uh, can't think of what they're called. Um, but yeah, he has like the little smartwatch thing. He's trying to program Heather, who's still around now. When we say smartwatch, guys, this is 1993. This is really like, like, like those like Game Boy type of video games that were all green. Yeah, well, this is like, this is like one of the like. It's a smartwatch because it has a calculator on it and like it plays. Yeah. Yeah. It might play like a little like METI tune, but like you're not listening to songs or anything on this. Yeah. No, this is a way, way before the iPhone was even like thought a possibility. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Eric has a job and they say that Eric just cashed his first paycheck. But in the last episode, we said he bought Phillies tickets with his. Yeah. They didn't think that through a lot. Uh, Well, one, maybe not a new job. We know for sure that Boy Meets World is not the greatest with consistency. (laughs) Nope. Nope. They just got to do what they need to do. But anyway, uh, Eric has a job and and he's talking about using his money. uh, And then that's when Corey tells him that he has a great investment opportunity. Well, Corey's kind of taken back. He's like, your uh, mom and dad just let you buy that. Like, I, he couldn't believe that he was like, I can't believe that mom and dad just let you spend your money on that. And Eric's like, well, it's my money. They said I could spend it on whatever I want, which I think is what plants the idea in Corey's head that he needs to get a job as well. Because, I mean, obviously, uh, we're we're not quite there yet, but Corey does kind of have more of a motivation to look for work after speaking with Eric. Oh, yeah, you're right. This is what this is where the seed is planted that financial independence uh, comes from working, which is true, but there's just so much more to that. But this is a very childlike understanding of how work works and how finances work. It's just like, oh, if you have your own job, you get your own money, you can spend your own money any way that you please. And I think that's a great way to introduce it. So the next scene that we have is Amy and Alan together in the kitchen and uh alan just goes you had to have a house um <laughs> yeah remember the apartment remember how great the apartment was <laughs> remember before the kids remember before we met was just like a, oh good times ahead uh i actually thought that was like a fun little bit but also, it's also very, very true. Like I remember now, I, not even I remember one of the biggest memes now is like, do you remember like kindergarten when you could take naps and there was no work? Oh yeah, so many member berries. It's it's <laughs> yeah, member berries for sure. Um, yeah, but. So Corey comes down. He's like, dad, you busy? And Alan's like, no, just hanging out with my rich. And uh, yeah, he's fixing the sink while Corey is trying to ask for a job at the grocery store for the one. He goes, uh, and Alan's response is immediately. No, you need to enjoy being a kid. Which again, the truth in this little dynamic right now could not be bigger. As he just talked about, all of us want to do right now is go back to that carefree time before bills. And when recess was like the number one priority and Corey's like, no, let me in. And like, as an adult and as a viewer, who's an adult, I'm like, no, stay out. Stay as long as you can. You don't know. It's a trap. Don't do it. <laughs> well, and, and it's one of the uh, notes I wrote was this exchange between him and Alan, where Corey's like, um, I want to be able to afford stuff. And Alan goes, so do I, <laughs> I not. I, I was like, yo, I, how come I didn't listen? Like, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's honestly, this is so true. The, I want to be able to afford stuff. So do I is a dynamic that I think you can only appreciate as an adult viewer. Cause you For don't sure. think yeah. that joke as a kid. No. Um, but that all also, you you do a right here we kind of entered it earlier and you mentioned it week four, alan's career he's a market manager which again i think we don't we don't see enough of we don't see enough every man jobs like this like most tv shows if they're a business owner they're a police yeah they're they're like an ad exec there's something sexy they're not anything that's like a supermarket market uh manager isn't a very sexy job exactly but i love that it's it's very uh i've mentioned it earlier it's very middle America. it's very real and i think that that i will say this this is the exact job that my father has. Oh, really? Since my connection to the show growing up was that my father managed the supermarket. And so that's how I like related to the show. That is crazy. I didn't even know that. Wow. You do have a lot in the common I'm telling you, Todd, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's woven deep. But see, that's what I was saying. I I was just saying that it's very real, but like, I mean, it is, it, it literally reflects your life. It's and legit real. I yeah. I will agree. I know a few people and I think we have a few friends who like, their parents were police officers and a few who are doctors but you don't like television has you believe that all of those are like the careers that you have to go and to see alan be a mark a market manager not a market owner he doesn't own the store he's a manager there yeah i mean and you think about that even compared to like danny Taylor who's like like the host of a television show. Exactly. Like super sexy compared to like the market guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I I what I like uh about this even exchange is Corey goes, Why don't you just fire someone? And Alan has that whole frustrated dad thing. He's like, What if I just fire myself? And Corey's like, Yeah, what does that pay? Uh <laughs> yeah. And Alan's response is not enough to keep me for, out from under the sink or car or mortgage, which again yeah just really just hitting on some build drama like i i hear you alan middle life in the middle uh america's hard yeah 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 uh but he does i will say you know as as far as um tradition goes alan does have the american dream he you know he has three kids he has a house uh but it is well yeah it, this is also like yeah, they're kind of complaining about how they have to do this stuff. But I mean when you think about later on when we're introduced to Sean and his family and then we get that reality check and realize wow Corey does actually have it very, very good. Oh yeah. Well what I what my point uh to this was is that what we're seeing here is that that an American dream comes at a cost. You know, I don't think you really explore things like that. Um It may even be mentioned in certain children's shows, but I don't think you really explore the concept of, hey, we have a pretty good life, but that's because we work towards it. I mean, I think even like think about the Cosby show where they have that whole lesson about money. It's like, oh, the parents are like, we have money, you don't. And that's usually the lesson. It's never, no, even adults with money a struggle. Uh, well, the Matthews don't have Cosby money, <laughs> or, or Huxtable money, I should say. That that was a doctor and a lawyer. Like that's that's money that Amy and Alan don't have. But I'm just saying, like the lessons that that is trying to teach are, you know, are sure. All right, so there, And now we go. I mean, we want to Corey bothering Feeney uh, well, one of the notes I took was that this is our first time of Corey visiting Feeny at the fence. Oh. The first time seeing that on the fence, and this is and Feeny, of course, is working on his garden, talking about his flowers, and just doing his whole Feeny advice garden thing. Yeah, and this is actually really uh, funny because if this is the first time, and they really do keep that throughout, and I think maybe because this episode it's so successful that they're like, we gotta get this dynamic back like this uh, yeah it's very very a great thing i mean like clearly it was thought of with the mere fact that they brought um they brought up the fact that phoenix lives next door but like yeah it's in tennessee and what I think we're seeing here is the fact that it's when they had the teacher live next door, they planned on doing more with it than just having him be next door. Like he's very much involved in the home life of Corey, as much as the school life in some ways, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. 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 I definitely like it. Um, so Corey is like bothering Feeney, trying to see if uh, he can get some money uh, to, to buy this, the $50 water guide. so he kind of comes up with his- oh I'm, I'm sorry right right before we get there I just want to say something real fast um Feeny's saying that he's in his garden trying to relax because he has to write uh he has to grade a bunch of essays a bunch of sixth grade essays on Edgar Allan Poe and they're gonna have this <laughs> funny joke of uh Corey going man that Edgar Allan Poe guy was such a freakoid and, and uh <laughs> uh Feeny goes you have no idea how big of a freakoid he was yeah so no, I liked that but this does answer one of the questions that we had in the last episode that they are, in fact, in sixth grade. Uh, why is this? Uh, how how do you get that correlation? Because Co- Feeney says he's like, I have to grade all these sixth grade. S- oh, okay, OK. Like, you'll like you'll like the essay i wrote uh, okay i thought you were saying that like sixth grade is like a v uh whatever oh no it's not the edgar Allan poe year yeah i don't know what's <laughs> nothing like. like what what kind of sixth grade class were you taking um <laughs> but yeah because we were kind of curious as to where they start and like where they are time wise because it jumps around a bit but this year we are in sixth grade which i'm assuming is one of those schools where sixth grade's in grade school it's like yeah. the last year of grade exactly school, so yeah 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 exactly um but anyways you're right then he goes and he starts asking Feeney for a job yeah he like I've been out of work for 11 years <laughs> <laughs> which is that great joke? a great super cutesy joke yeah I mean and I think they write these because Ben Savage's delivery is so great oh amazing, amazing. yeah but all right so we <laughs> sorry but I'm still laughing over it um Cory comes up with his own little scheme he's like if you pay me now, I'll shovel uh, your driveway all winter. uh, And yeah, and Feeney's like, I'm not doing that, bro. That depends on the weather. That depends on a bunch of other factors. I'm not doing There's so many variables. And so he counters with, I do need uh, my shutters painted. And which I'd love a he <laughs> to do. Oh, wait, I gotta get through this because I bought it because it's so fantastic. He goes, I need my shutters painted. $5 a piece. Uh, and Corey goes, I'm not doing all that work for $5. She goes, no, Mr. Matthews. It's $5 a piece, two per window, and there are eight windows. And Corey goes, five <laughs> times, two times, eight. What, what is that? Eight. <laughs> I, all right. So thanks to that is, one, it took me way longer than I want to admit to to get the total, which is eighty dollars, and then additional. It's that classic children don't do math <laughs> true, which is I think it's 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 uh, it looks poorly on Mr. Feeney as his educator for Corey to be that bad at math. No, because what what Mr. Feeney says is. You're worth every inch of that C-plus I gave you, and I think yeah. that's the point. Feeney old as C- ice, Feeney. is that to know that you are, when you got that C-plus, you earned it. You were due it. Well, Feeney doesn't correct him. He agrees to pay him fifty eight dollars that's exactly what he ends up paying for. And I think that is, that was very fantastic. Um, that thing we see is, like, Corey completes the work, and I have to admit, for 58 bucks that was a pretty yeah there's a commercial break right yeah and there's a commercial break and when we come back the job is done and feeney's kind of looking over the fence or looking over the the shutters and being like oh you know you did a really good job you know i'm surprised like alan comes out and he's like congratulating like hey cory did such a great job alan you should be proud or whatever um you yeah, know i but- i'd say that it, it actually it looks fantastic like i mean clearly someone else did do it but for what we're supposed to believe uh cory did a great job painting those shutters but there's only one he, but and that is that he has used a spray to paint the shutters and the spray has gone through the fence and it's there is paint on the matthew side of the fence and he's yeah. kind of like well he did a good job doing what i needed him to do and 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 Corey does that classic sitcom kid lead into the commercial break line of I'm gonna be late to the water war, aren't I? Yeah, exactly. I Kind of winks almost to the camera. Yeah, that is very a uh, Dennis de Menace, or leave it to totally. Beaver. Leave it to Beaver, totally. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Um, something that you'll you'll love about the commentary that I've been hearing and of michael jacobs the creator is that he was obsessed with the show happy days oh yeah as you watch the show especially when we get to like second third fourth season when they go to high school and there's all that kind of like harley kiner grease of type (laughs) of that's on your bring it out and it is so obvious the happy days influence that you see but um yeah so this could simply just be a a callback to those 50s sitcoms yeah i mean and also it's a nice uh for children's show there's clearly a tom sawyer um uh, like parallel that they're trying to do which we are about to mention and i just i thought it was like a nice twist on the having to paint the fence truth sure. Uh, sure. but that means so Corey has to paint the fence and then we get the three guys from school showing up because it's water war time uh well whoa well, i i will say this um uh, Amy says, uh when she sees the shutters just before that, she goes, no one told uh Corey says, no one told me the paint would go through the shutters. And then Amy goes, Does the sunlight not go through the shutters when you open them? <laughs> yeah, that's a really smart ass thing to say. Well, it is because at this point in time, what I love is it's just like an accepted where Corey's Intelligence, and they're like, did you? Well, he says, "I'm an idiot," and she goes, "No, you're a kid," and he goes, "I'm a kid idiot." It's a really dumb idiot. joke. That's a little, that's a little cheesy. A way more cheesy than I would like it to be. But you know what? Ben Savage sells it, bruh. He, got, him done. Done. he got it got it, All right. So you're right. The, the, the Sean Minkus and Black Third Seat kid that <laughs> come over to get Corey for Walter War. You're right, and. and- Corey immediately tries to tell him Sawyer, them. Oh, yeah, well, so what he does, well, two things. One, Minkus is in a full rain suit, uh, which I love, because, of course, Minkus, again, as well thought out as this character is, he uh, is going to participate. He's going to join the Water War, but he's going to do so, thoughtfully. Uh, and then he kind of roars, and Sean says it brings out the beast in Minkus, which, again, I love that. I, loved, I just love this little dynamic. Uh, but then... Yeah, she tries immediately to Tom Sawyer then, which I uh, which I caught right before uh, the commercial break that we were gonna do in a, yeah, for yeah, a parallel. And because is like, am I the only one to read the reading list? Which, yes, you are. So, <laughs> oh, okay, this this made me ask the question, did Corey read Tom Sawyer? Oh, yeah. Uh, see, now I agree because remember, Corey's the good kid. He read it. I don't think he got the, what he was supposed to get Go ahead, from it. That, did he? Because he got a C plus in math. He thinks that five times six times eight is 58. So I don't know if you've read it, but that part is really early in the book. So I made Corey read half the book. Again, it's like a, Corey didn't see how this played out. He was like, oh, this is a, a great way to get other people to do what you want them to do. I just think that it's interesting that his character, like they're they're saying, they're insinuating that Minkus is the only one who read it because he's the smart kid. But if Corey read it as well, then maybe Corey's smarter than he's letting on. I don't know. I think could have that reference kind of locked and loaded. Yeah, I, I just personally don't think, and it's. Actually, now I'm supposed to think that Corey is just as like savvy as Tom Sawyer. So that's how he kind of landed in that same mindset, like intentionally referencing it there. I think you could go either way with it, because one way to interpret it is that Corey is not smart enough to come up with a scheme on his own. And therefore, he read partially the book and that was his influence. But another way of reading it is Corey is kind of a, a Tom Sawyer kid at this time. So the fact that he could be in the exact same mindset is is completely plausible. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, um, I love this. Minkus completely calls him out. He's only really like, this, he's trying to tr- trigger us. And Corey's like, well, it's interesting because before Minkus calls him out, black third seat kid and Sean are kind of down to help him for yeah I think they, they, like, they almost bought into it yeah I'm down bro <laughs> they're almost into it and then uh Corey's like who are you gonna believe me or the banana and immediately they're like uh I'm gonna go with the banana I don't know much but I feel like Mika's is a little bit of more this well, like Mingus is the one who's advocating for play, and Corey's the one advocating for work, which is a complete role reversal for the two of them. So you can understand why Sean and Black Thirteen Kid are like, no, well, let's roll with the banana. I really do love that. Uh, his name is Black Thirsty Kid. <laughs> it, Don't worry, he's like, comes, he's just you killed. Know, black Thirteen Kid, if you're listening to this, reach out to us. We want to talk to you. <laughs> black Thirteen Kid is actually he is full on like '90s black kid. Did you see that whole Death Jam look he had going on? he did have a complete death damn look he looked like he just stepped off the set of my brother and me he did oh <laughs> my god my brother and me that's hilarious my sister loves that i mean i did too but that's a we all did bro Man, i gotta check that out again i gotta check that out again so migas negotiates that they stand to lunch uh um, well Corey offers to pay them he's like listen guys i have seven dollars left after i bought my water gun I will give it to you guys. So three people agree to split seven dollars. Kind of get an idea age wise where they're at. Um if you do agree to help me out, and then they say yeah, they'll stick around until lunch exactly um and then i love this little this is a very small little scene but i think it's adorable how morgan and eric yeah Morgan. eric says that he's late for his job which we all like dude you just said it's your first paycheck you need, and your the uh manager's son you need to get to work like then you won't have a yeah. job for long if you keep doing you no know what, bro but he's already like uh eric is late he says that he's tying our morgan is supposed to be tying his bow and <laughs> uh the bow with his apron yeah yeah but, uh, what? sorry eric uh, i can't even get through it but well, well eric is like um he's like uh yeah how's the bow coming or you know like yeah, she's like, out time oh no I don't know how to tie a bow. And he goes, well, why did you tell me you could? She goes, because I'm self-confident. self-confident. And, I think that it's- and that's such a, um, Morgan kind of answer. Like Morgan's, uh, she doesn't have a huge evolution, uh, this incarnation of Morgan anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's very much those kind of interactions, those one like liners, almost a Michelle Tanner type of, uh, Cutesy response I to what's going say, on. It's kind of like a uh a, a Stephanie Tanner response. And what I mean by that is Morgan Oh the sass response. Yeah, her, it's sassy, but it's also it's above her age group as well. Or like, I guess it's a self-confidence. A hundred percent. Oh, that I really, really do love. Well, Corey comes in cause he wants to grab some popsicles for the guys. Cause they start complaining. Um, and then he, him and Eric are in there and they're both starting to complain about work. And they're like, you know, <laughs> paint the shutters. And then Eric's like, you know, spill on aisle four. And they're kind of going back and forth with how awful work is. And it's interesting because again, a few scenes ago, you had uh, cory begging to find a job telling eric how lucky he was that he had a job because he could buy his 90s apple watch or whatever it is and uh, now Corey's in that position where he's working and they're like man i hate being a, an adult I know it's, it's like, Corey, but the reality I of having a job is definitely just coming and it, it, these are very familiar complaints that anyone who has worked uh will have and like Corey's even seeing the hardship of management remember he earlier asked if he could uh take his father's job as manager and currently right now right he's managing these uh these workers uh and his friends and they have to make them they have to man and them. yeah and then well, he comes, had, he comes or- out with uh with the ice cream yeah like, like butsicles or something or whatever um and he gives them he gives them to the guys and they're like well what flavor is it and he's like it's it's chocolate on the outside and vanilla on the inside like it's been for a thousand years Exactly anyway. Minka just goes. I want a Heath bar crunch. <laughs> yeah, he goes. He goes to the guard, pulls some diamonds on, and he goes there. Yeah, here you go. Here's your crunch. And uh, your crunch. that that breaks it for them. They're like, ah, I don't like your attitude, and they leave for the water war. Because again, when you are a manager, of yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. You don't keep yeah, your workers can leave, but you're responsible for the work at the end. Well, Corey kind of yells at Sean as he was leave, as he they're leaving. He's like, you know, I fed you guys, I paid you guys, I paid you guys. I'm gonna sue you. And then Sean goes, "Uh, uh, sue me. Have your lawyer call my mom." Yeah, yeah. Again, this is we're definitely now that I'm looking at it, we are definitely in like sitcom dialogue right now. Yeah, I I wrote down a lot of quotes because a lot of it seemed real. I don't know. I, I definitely feel that this show emulates m- the landscape of TGIF more so this season than the other season. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think this episode, because we didn't even do so much last episode, last episode, uh, it kind of set the foundation a little bit for where they wanted to go with the heart. But we weren't as leave it to Bieber as we are right now. Um, yeah. and I, Totally. It's not like it's bad. I've, I've enjoyed every moment of it. But it's, it's just a different show. It's it's just different, and it feels like Boy Meets World's like. Honestly, like three different shows I like three or four different shows that just by every like other season, it changes to a different type of show. That's a, that's a very good point. Uh, so, Cory goes back, he goes, if you want something right, done right, you have to do it yourself. He goes back to painting the fence and Mr. Feeney comes out and he goes, I sold my childhood to you for 58 bucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Which, again, was a terrible, terrible... But then Feeney complains about there being paint on his side of the fence. Um, Yeah. And that's when it's just a little too much for Corey. He faints and he just complains that he's... He lies down because he's overworked from stress-related injuries. (laughs) He tells Alan, who finds him lying on the floor. Exactly. Uh, And I really, I really do uh, enjoy it. But then Alan comes home. He sees that Corey's overworked and... He kind of complains that he doesn't want to do any more work. Uh, and Alan... No, not Alan. Feeney uh, tells Alan that his father believed in a strong work ethic. And look how he... T- he said, Feeney says, my dad worked me from sunup to sundown. And look how I turned out. Feeney walks inside. Alan immediately goes, I don't want you working anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I, I think it's very interesting. One, you do have kind of an un not really uncharacteristic moment of Feeney but I think uh, at this point in time Feeney is a little less of the teacher and more of the neighbor uh and they usually toe that line a little bit do we even get a no, feel of Feeney in school outside of the water ward I don't I don't think so not in this episode yeah so I think I think in this episode Feeney is just the neighbor um i mean and i mean and that's a that's a dynamic in a world that he has his own but it's just not one we're familiar of seeing with speedy yeah anyway what corey has found out is he says one code didn't do it he borrowed money from uh amy to buy more paint he worked yeah two days painted 16 shutters and a fence and he goes you know how much money i made i owe eight bucks (laughs) alan says uh what well, that's what it feels like to be an adult or something like welcome to adulthood and this is that there could not be more truth than yeah that that was a real like that was a hard truth still to swallow i was like <laughs> that was so right when he was like i owe eight bucks i was like man if you didn't learn a valuable lesson in that moment that is like as real as you will get that is so real <laughs> uh so well we kind of transitioned into the sweet moment where like Corey's like, you know, it's too bad that I won't make it to the water war. Um, and then Alan's kind of, you know, he's listening to what Feeney just said and he's looking at overworked Corey and he's just kind of thinking to himself, he's like, you know, this this kid deserves to be a kid. That's kind of what he's been saying the whole episode. So he kind of encourages uh Corey, you know, you can make it if you you can run. And then Corey's like, isn't it my responsibility to paint this fence? And uh, Alan says, it's your first responsibility to stay 11 years old as long as you can. Exactly. Which I just thought was a real kind of nice moment between. I think it's great because what we have and what we see is an overworked Alan who kind of wants his kid to, I think this is what we were talking about earlier, where it's like there's this nostalgia to be like, oh man, I remember when I didn't have any responsibility. And he sees his kid kind of taking on this role that he doesn't have to. Corey has an out. Corey doesn't, isn't really required to do any of the things that Alan is. And I think that it's very much, it's a moment of Alan gifty. Uh, Corey, something that you can't give well up. yeah and i i think that and, and though it's i don't really think there's a moment that implies this but i just feel like based on my knowledge of alan he would be proud of the idea that Corey worked for this water gun and that oh, yes yeah. this, this is his chance to use the water gun that he worked for like the fact that Corey didn't have to get a job he didn't have to go around looking for a way to make money but the fact that he did it himself he earned it and he achieved what he set out to achieve i think alan was really proud of the work that he was able to do even though he wasn't able to finish it yeah you know honestly you're right there is no specific moment where there's no specific moment that they acknowledge that the fact that Corey just earned what he wanted to do they're just like no that yeah that's not the point of this uh and, and yeah they don't really give him much credit for that but i feel like that's kind of a big deal at least for Corey, because in the beginning of the episode he seems to have no understanding of money but due to his own search to for a job he learned the value of a dollar yeah exactly so, He's really kind of his own feemy in this episode. Yeah, and I, I really, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm just good that you pointed it out. Anyway, Corey comes back from the water war, and Eric is also exhausted on his bed from working the shift. And he says he worked a half. Well, Corey, like, wrenches and he, like, squeezes his sh- shirt on Eric's face that's like pouring water on his face with the shirt um and uh, eric is like you know i've been working all day no I'm exhausted i'm too exhausted to move he said he um worked half of a ship and that's actually- oh, that's where he laughing he goes i worked half a shift today and i was like boy wait till you get a full eight hours in you're really well what what Eric says, he's like, I worked half a shift, um, but I don't know how he does it. And Corey's like, how? who does what? And Eric's like, you know, dad, he works these 12-hour days. He never sits. He eats his lunch standing up. He never takes a break. It's like he's not a human. And Corey's listening to Eric say this while he's looking at the backyard and Alan's painting the fence for Corey. And Corey's like, it's like he's Superman, which kind of goes, it's this big full circle moment where we kind of go back to the cult Little bit of voice saying he wants Superman as his dad. Analyzing that in some way immediately was like, I did not see that coming. I did not think that that would come. That's, that's classic Boy Meets World right there. Yeah. Hey, this episode's kind of cliche. It's a little too cutesy, but you know what? We're bringing it back home. Yeah, the moment I saw that, I was like, that was good. That was a nice little hidden layer. Oh, uh, anyway, so we go and that scene we see the family is eating dinner and uh, Corey comes up and he's just like, dad, I know you finished my work for me. And I know you finished your work for you and you're hogging all the work. Uh, and it's a, it's a good little <laughs> Corey moment. And he takes out a water gun from under the table and he sprays his dad. And he's like, I know that you said that you have to grow up from being 11, but maybe you could come visit for a little bit yeah and uh, one of the things i do want to say i don't know that we mentioned earlier is that the water gun that corey got for his water wars was this big like they called it like a i i wrote it down so yeah i had it it's it's the same one that uh dirty black kid had which is yeah the hydrosat hydrosat 3000z yeah he traded his 3000z for two 1500z's so I know that means gibberish to you people, but he traded his big water gun for two smaller water guns. So when he starts squirting Alan with the water gun, he's like, you know, maybe you wouldn't feel that because Alan starts like, oh, you don't do this at the dinner table. Corey, maybe you wouldn't feel that way if you had your own water gun or if you looked under the table. And that's where Alan finds the other water gun and they start squirting and having fun with each other. Exactly. And it's just like, it's nice little wholesome moment of, you know, uh, Alan basically sacrificing his time so that corey could have a childhood but corey also reminding alan it's not too late to uh to enjoy the the little things as well and i I like this little balance it was very very cute um but then of course how it how it kind of the episode ties and ends is amy (laughs) amy goes you know visiting hours to childhood land are outside um, and well it's, it's really funny yeah or goes you would that way if you looked under your side of the table and she goes under the table and she feels that she like, there's nothing there and Corey's like what am i name money <laughs> yeah and these guys, they had this big water fight um and in the epilogue we see morgan calling the police she's like nine one one and she's like oh police officers yeah my parents are outside fighting oh i think they just shot the neighbor <laughs> So, what's really funny about that, and it's so funny that you mentioned this, because I wrote this note to you in the epilogue of this episode. Morgan called 911, she says everything that you just said, and I was like, uh, that's a fun TV gag, but... In reality, she's just ruined that night because the cops are going to come. And like for parents, it's just like a, you have to deal with a bunch of stuff now. Like they yeah. probably got like child services checking in on them. This very fun moment just turned really sour. Uh, again, if you want to look at it in a realistic lens. Well, I mean, if we were in actual Philadelphia, maybe, <laughs> but we seem to be in this like fairy tale land of Philadelphia, where like, uh, uh you know, a uh, kindly police officer is going to stroll by, call them by their first names, and be like, "Oh, don't worry about it. It was just Morgan. Tell her I said hi." Like, it's a whole weird fantasy version of Philadelphia there. I don't see that happening at all. I'm like, cops are showing up. It's going to be, they even play it like this is going to be a problem. And I definitely think that in reality, a cop came knocking on that door because the first, the first response is, uh, Oh, the operator is uh what's <laughs> the address yeah yeah you know, so again they're taking this marriage very seriously but all right so that was the entire episode of on the fence um and now we go to our section uh called cd Tommy, where we talk about the lessons learned uh in this episode uh tc what do you got money obviously i think is the main takeaway of this episode more so corey appreciating money understanding what it takes to earn money um you know like we said he sold out employment on his own he realized how stressful it was not only to have a job but to be in a management type of position he kind of went through the whole experience of what it's like to be in the workforce in a two-day sitcom childlike way um I don't know. I think they did a really good job with it. What do you think? So I would want to say I completely disagree with you on what the lesson is here. I think the lesson is like, enjoy being a kid. I mean, I think the finance part, like the value of a dollar is very important, but I think the ultimate takeaway is that enjoy it while you can. Like, especially since this is a kid's show, um, but sure. also as an adult, like from an adult's perspective, it's like, yeah you have responsibilities but it's okay to shirk them oh my gosh boy we world hitting us with lesson number one <laughs> lesson number two and lesson number three which is appreciate your parents and the work that they do my dad being superman like it's there is too many lessons for us in one episode exactly <laughs> i know i know I, I really like it so um last bit is our our grade for the episode and what is your grade for this episode what what are you giving I am going to give this episode a b minus I think it is a it is an okay episode but I feel that there are better episodes I feel that <sighs> I, I don't know. It was just a little too cutesy for me. Um, but that's just me. I, that's a word I keep using, but that's all I can describe it as. I don't know how. It's funny that you said that because I originally gave it uh, an A, but as we've spoken about it, I agree. I'm going to give it a B plus Because to me, it's not quite the minus, and I can understand why you would say so, but like the dialogue in this episode is a little too not great. It's a little too Traditional, and uh, I don't know if you've seen Girl Meets World yet, but uh, I've seen a few episodes, but I mean, I don't want to talk about too much because I haven't seen that much of it. But what I saw, I wasn't too impressed. Well, so what I'm going to say is there are episodes where it is clearly traditional boy meets world episodes, and we get a lot of heart and we get a lesson and we get something like the Superman circle where it's like, oh, this one thing that was like sure. very silly and fun came back to have a lot of weight later in the episode. And then there are episodes that my roommate called the Disney episodes, which was that someone oh, oh. needs to be bored. And that's, I feel like I only saw the Disney episodes of that show, maybe. Exactly. Was- and, and I think that that's what this episode was. This episode was a network episode where it was like, a, yeah, we're giving the network what they need uh in order to keep us on to and this was this is bread and butter tgif too like i can't think of a a better like like family half hour entertainment than just this kid and his family trying to figure out money and life and water wars i mean this it's so simple exactly exactly all right so um any other final words um ah, that was an okay episode it was all right yeah, it was good i mean i just have you know what i do have one thing to say and just just kind of tied up we have a black kid with a water gun running around philadelphia oh we should probably you know what yeah we didn't do the last episode but we should probably do it for both of these kids let's do just a quick moment of silence for both third seat kid in the pilot and third seat kid in this episode just a quick step All right, all right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for your work. Thank you for filling in that spot for these two episodes, guys. We appreciate it. Exactly. All right. So, um, thank you guys for listening to the second episode of Bro Beats World. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, We are on Stitcher and SoundCloud, and uh, you can meet us at at. bra meets world or email us at bra meets world uh, no matter what make sure you let us know what you think um and meet us back for the next episode you can meet me at on twitter at extra siege that's x-t-r-a-c-e-e-j and tc where can they find you uh, you can follow me at my Twitter. um It's called Anna Kendrick retweets. Anna Kendrick RT. That's how you do that. Um, I basically just retweet whatever Anna Kendrick tweets. Um, other than that, I don't really fuck with Twitter too much. Um, but if you guys want to follow my fitness Instagram, um, it's called a Braver me. You guys can do that. um But other than that, yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, I actually really enjoy your journey, and I think it's I think it's worth sharing. Okay, so we will see you guys on the next episode. Oh! ever to dream, try and do good. Dream, try and do good, guys. All right, Next time, dudes, bye.